welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Hopefully this is sounding a little cleaner Just for a everyone little. out there this week. Just a little. Last oh, wow. week We're was, back. was rough. Uh, obviously, for those of you who did get a chance to listen last week, we uh, we were quarantining, shutting down the Woos Media Studios, so we were all going from home on uh, Zoom, and uh, it didn't sound great. It was not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it made me appreciate the quality of the equipment that we have here at Woos Media. And while we're on the topic, let's give a shameless plug for Woos Media, who, which of course we are a Woos Media podcast. If you want to check out any other Woos Media shows, you can find them at WoosMedia.com. That's W O O Z. Media.com. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. I am Jared alongside Connor and Nick Sopers, as always. Back We're in here. the studio, guys. We are here. Back in the lab. And I'm not going to lie, guys. After the place having to get shut down, you know, obviously sanitation has to happen. Kind of expect- expected it to be a little cleaner around here. I would agree. You know, <laughs> Tyler, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, we uh, have to talk to management. We sanitize. I'm thinking we must have done some aerosol spray because not I mean, a whole lot's been moved. It's an obvious staffing issue, right? Everyone's <laughs> short staffed. Tyler can't run the studio and clean the studio. At least uh, Woo's Media doesn't get us all on a Zoom and lay us all off like that one guy from that one company, Better.com. Uh, what yeah. happened? Oh, you didn't see this? No. Oh, <laughs> some uh, startup company worth like $7 billion got on a zoom call and the, and the zoom call leaked out and it went viral. It's awesome. And the guy just kind of brutally just lays off 15% of the company over a zoom call. It says, Hey, I hope you're lucky. Your next venture you have. <laughs> and do they get out. a severance or anything? Uh, they, they get uh, four weeks, four weeks. Oh, pay. worth it. Yeah. See, I'm not going to lie. Me, I think if Tyler. I was getting fired, fire I would want to get fired while at home. Like yes. I don't want to be in the office where then I got to like take the walk of shame past everyone. Else I don't even want to do like clear the out box. my desk, grab, grab the box, you know, yeah. yeah, I'd rather just be at home and probably go let off some steam. Maybe have a couple of drinks. Yeah, I, think if, I, I, I don't I, know. I think if I ever get fired, I'm not going to even worry about grabbing my stuff. I, this is a strategy. What mine. stuff do you Any have? Place, that you exactly. That's the thing is anywhere you work, you shouldn't be having anything there that you can't just walk away from. Okay, I actually was on the <laughs> other side of this and, and a little quick interlude into my life. I, I quit my job last year and started my own company and so in the same industry. So, you know, it's obviously a thing you can't exactly tell your boss like, hey, in a few weeks I'm going to be quitting and being to a do this. So I knew as soon as I let him know that I was going to be asked to leave the, the building and everything went great. My boss was awesome about it. He was cool. But I actually had to like proactively over the course of like the week or two leading into to it make sure that i grabbed like everything that was essential to me and my belongings so that if anything went bad like i didn't have to worry about it. it's exactly say i didn't want to have to worry about a whole box i had to take so like every day i'd uh, leave the office nice. and take one or two things so it was like not noticed but all of a sudden before you notice all my personal belongings and, and not office, uh, intellectual property just nothing, to be clear here. nothing absolutely <laughs> not all my personal stuff yeah, yeah personal, the things personal, i did not want gotcha. to leave behind so no, i just wanted to clarify that thank you i appreciate there, you do because you I know, know you didn't do that lawyers that thing gets us. i'd love to fun. be fired in my pajamas Immediately, if it's 9 a.m., 10 a.m., I'm opening up a bottle of whiskey and I'm getting <laughs> absolutely <laughs> blitzed. Wow. Just, I think oh, that's a man. great idea. So the only advice I give you is don't proceed to then put your resume out in the afternoon. You just have four. <laughs> I don't want to know what that looks like. <laughs> four full weeks of freedom. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. That's great. I'd play lots of video games. We know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I kind of feel like I want to go work for a corporation that offers seven should we go find like a failing company and just go get hired there just to get fired like staples 
Should we go work? Just go tables? try to make him fire us without. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could also make that into a documentary, and that would sell. That would. It'd be like go. the opposite of undercover boss. Like you go in <laughs> as like a meddling employee trying to get fired. Yeah, looking for ways to unimprove processes. Well, speaking of uh, getting fired, guys, I mean, there's there's some things. This was not a great week, by the way, in Colorado sports. Kind of a lot of losing happening, uh, particularly losers, uh, particularly with the Broncos. But Nuggets didn't have the greatest week themselves. They they continue to struggle. The Avalanche actually are are looking good. Okay, they're yeah, actually second place really, in the division now. Yeah, improving upon a, a slow start. So we're gonna try to get to talking all three topics if we can today. We'll see how it goes. We try not to run too long on these shows. I know not everyone likes to listen to a two-hour podcast. So we do try to keep these as brief as we can. But, you know, Connor and I get going and we can chat. We can mm-hmm. talk, you know. So uh, Soaps just got to keep us in line just a little bit. We're a bunch of mouth breathers. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the Broncos. Hey, that was ugly. Uh, you know, well. Understatement. I say, oh, hey, let, me, let me rephrase that. It was not ugly. Overall, the game itself, the way the defense played, uh, you know, the, the, the way the running game looked, there were really really bright parts in this game and the Broncos frankly had a chance well into the third quarter uh, and then you know it they, they were let down I mean frankly the coaching not good quarterback play not good it, it, it's it's the same story time and time again Nick you I think you put it out in the group text you know it, it's like we they are who we thought they were oh uh, it's just it's the most boring team to watch I mean with the exception of a couple teams maybe like the Jaguars and the Giants I <laughs> I it's Lions. <laughs> oh, Lions. <laughs> At least the Jags hey, have Trevor let's Lawrence. Ju- let's just right? wait until Sunday before we start shitting. Excuse my language, but <laughs> discussing the Lions. All right, I'm pretty nervous. I didn't want to go down that road. Uh, no, no. Yet. Best case scenario for the Broncos, we the lose. Lions won last week. That, that was the best. So case. good. Yeah. Because because then that whole monkey yep. is off their back. Well, and now now they'll come in on a, they'll leave on a two game win streak, and that's the best thing they could happen to the Broncos I'll, too. I'll just say this much: the Broncos remind me of producer Nick over here in college. Oh, no. Struggles to score. Yeah. So, so have an I issues. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Coming good. from the single guy to the married well, guy. One of, one of us has a kid. Yes. The other one doesn't. So somebody's scoring and some of us aren't. Uh, technically speaking, I'm the only proof here. <laughs> this yeah. is true. It's fair. <laughs> but what's the score God, really, good. Connor? <laughs> uh, no, it, was, it was brutal, man. It really was. It was... Okay. It's so much to unpack in this game. I mean... Is there... We suck. Yeah, there is. Okay, so so we got what we have been clamoring for. Broncos country, what you have been asking for, what we have all been asking for. We saw more Javante Williams. We did. And it was fantastic. It, it was, was lo- fantastic. It was lovely. 102 rushing yards, 76 receiving yards. All right, so 178 all-purpose yards. Got me 30-some points of fantasy. Loving no, that. No, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was fantastic, right? He looked great. Offensive line looked pretty good in that in that run game, especially right. Looked good. Moved the ball down the field. The defense outside of that scoring drive at the beginning of the game, where you kind of saw that, you go, "Oh, here but, we go." But I mean, right? even in that drive, I'm watching that whole drive, going, "Man, that's all you can do. This is how you want the Chiefs to have to beat you. If they're going to beat you, it's the the dink and dunk down the field, no big plays, and then Mahomes ends up it running." There, one they in. were they were shredding that soft zone, sure, uh, b- playing a lot of zone defense, uh, too high and one high coverage, a lot of too high covers though, which I think on the broadcast, they did a good job of actually showing how much the Chiefs struggle more <laughs> when it comes to, to too deep safety coverage. So you saw a lot of looks with the Broncos that way. A lot of zone coverage kind of just got torn apart on that first drive. Just dink and dunk all the way down the field. But if somebody before this game told you, right, that the defense was going to hold them to one touchdown drive, 
going to hold Pat Mahomes to one touchdown drive and, and play great. That Javante Williams was going to have 178 all-purpose yards, right? Uh, that the the Broncos were going to have a 20-play drive that lasts over 11 minutes, right? You, you hear all these things. And if you look at the numbers, too, at the end of the game, they, were, they weren't even like that. It wasn't lopsided, if right? You had said, go ahead. If you would have said that, and then said that the Broncos would have lost by as bad as they did. You would have thought you were, you were I would crazy. Have, you could have told me all that and asked me what the score was, and I would have said ten to six. There you go. Yeah, Chiefs and so. What you're really well, that's seeing, not a compliment. I just think that's how bad we are. No, I, and that's the thing too. I, you, you say, Connor, that that we, you know, you, you make it as if we wouldn't agree. Honestly, I would have thought the same thing. Like, damn it, the Broncos' offense didn't do anything, did they? That would have been my response if you'd have brought all that up. And like, yeah, something tells me this quarterback play let him down. You just know it. You come to expect it at this yeah, point. Yeah, so you're just biased, but that's that's okay. We well, all the Broncos, swear. the Broncos. I think um, this is not a stat that I found, but a stat that I heard. They are down to uh, an average yards per pass of six point two yards which is i think bottom like five teams in the nfl so whatever is going on where teddy bridgewater does not want to throw bombs it's it's terrible it's brutal to watch that's half the reason as a fan the games are so incredibly boring it's borderline i hate to say unwatchable on like impossible but it's just they're bleh i mean we we just watched a game where the defense did not let let us down the offense outside of the of Teddy Bridgewater, quite frankly, and, and not oh, it's not Wait. just Bridgewater though. Well, this coaching staff absolutely yes, let yes, this yes. team down. I agree. This this is a game where where coaching Teddy Bridgewater and special teams yeah. let the Broncos down. Well, are you you're the one saying Teddy Bridgewater? I am. Well, if I just like to put it on record that Connor did specifically mention that he would be okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. If the Broncos went out and signed Teddy yes. Bridgewater and and he would be totally Correct. okay with an extension for two to three years, even though now. Correct. One game later. Correct. What go what ahead, I will go on record as saying, as I have said, is that I am okay with the Broncos re-signing Teddy Bridgewater to an extension to be either a backup quarterback or a starter bridge quarterback while you develop a... If, that you, if your route is going to be a rookie quarterback, then I'm fine with Teddy Bridgewater starting it, next year for at least like half the season. That totally negates another. the point that you make the whole time about how the Broncos should just draft a quarterback after quarterback after quarterback until one hits because in that case, you would want him to play. So what is the point of getting Teddy Bridgewater if you want a bridge quarterback if you're drafting a quarterback that needs to be your future? Well, I, guess, I don't understand. I guess it depends because and I haven't done it. Jared might be able to answer this more more than than I can come off the top of my head, but I have heard that the quarterback pool for the this draft class is not so great. Yeah, and we will actually get to that in a little bit here. I want to get through a few things okay. here, but I want to actually look and we'll bring up Pro Football Focus's top ranked quarterbacks oh, good, currently good, good. We'll take a and kind of go yeah, through that. But but just just to touch on that briefly. It's not great right now. It, as compared to the last few years where there's been some really, really blue chip prospects coming out, the top ranked guy right now for Pro Football Focus is uh, is number 16. And it's actually not. It's uh, Matt Corral. Um, oh, but uh, number sixteen is is where they come in and they're and they're top ranking guys. So we'll okay, we'll go through a little more specifics of that in in a moment. Um, but to, to, to touch, I'm actually gonna 
in my mind, you guys are talking the wrong point when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. Who cares if he plays or not, right? I'm not I'm not saying should play or shouldn't play. Let's let what we bring in next year decide. If Drew Locke's the only other guy on the roster, then yeah, Teddy Bridgewater should be playing. But hopefully... Are we you, really assuming that, that no, 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 no. the roster? But what I'm saying is it all comes down to what can you get Teddy Bridgewater at as far as price. If you can get him oh. at backup price, bring him back. Yeah, yeah, you I can disagree. do so much worse than that. I disagree. Backup I, think, I think for a nice... Uh, I disagree. I, I think for a nice $10 million a year type thing, if you could get him for a $10 million a year to, to be a backup guy, just to have... I mean, hey, hate it. Hate what I'm about to say or love it, right? It doesn't matter. Here is just the facts. This is the best quarterback play we have literally seen since Peyton Manning. I mean, it's true. You could make an argument for a few games of Case Keenum, right? There was a few games. Trevor so Simeon, you're, so you're, baby. Telling me, you're telling me that you would have rather had Teddy Bridgewater at 10 to 12 than Gardner Minshew at $2.7 million. He's on a rookie deal. That doesn't even I'm count. Fine, but what I'm saying is he was available. You could have yes, got no, him. No, I agree you with million you. Absolutely. You could have got him, and you want to go get he a guy that's a, proven, for a sixth round that's, pick. A, that's a proven. Can you get Minshew fuck. next year? Because this is what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about extending Teddy Bridgewater now. We've I don't want to extend a guy when I know what I have at, at okay. Let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this though. If if we're saying backup quarterback money is even even talking the in, the, I'd rather see him in the under ten range. Mm-hmm. If we can get him under ten, mm-hmm. maybe you can. I don't know. But what do you expect, Soaps, out of a backup quarterback? What do you want from your backup? So quarterback? now we're admitting that he's a backup. Yes, we went this hundred percent. We we or went bridge. The, to me, it's all about if I can the pay bridge. him to be a backup. <laughs> nice. Again, so if I'm paying him to be a backup, if he ends up starting, great, because I'm only paying him to be a backup. That's fine. If I have to pay him anywhere close to that bridge starter money, not worth it. Yeah, so you're saying if you're if you're approaching the 15 mil a year, like 13 yeah. mil a year, that's And, and honestly, for, for me, anything over 10, we're starting to really push. because. Well, but, but to me, he is a good backup in that if you need him to come in a game, we have seen this multiple times this year, him being able to play a really good game. That's what you want from a backup. A guy that can actually step in for a stretch of three to five games and win you two or three games. Maybe maybe he steps in and has a terrible stretch. Hey, it's a backup quarterback. If he was consistently good, he'd be a starter. That's true. Let, let me just... Let, uh, I, I like it, Jared. I, like, I, I think we're saying the same thing here. Uh, I, I do think that you could do a heck of a lot worse than Teddy Bridgewater as your backup slash spot starter. You ask me, Nick, why would you draft a guy and then not play him, right? That would be if you draft a guy and you feel like he needs just a little bit more development, right? Like you feel like he wasn't in the right system in college to come in and just immediately start from day one. You think he could benefit from more of the Alex Smith route or like the the Aaron Rodgers route, right? Or somebody where but you generally just sit speaking, for a little bit. That's not how the NFL is anymore. With it, the it, exception it of occasional... You're, you're with correct. With the exception of an occasional few guys, they throw these guys in there. Like Zach Wilson's not ready. We agree. Do you really think that they're we're going to use a first round pick on a quarterback and not immediately throw him in there or not have like the the well, uh, Tim Tebow effect or like the Jay to, Cutler effect I on Jay Plummer. The fans are going to be calling for him to start. So if, if we're going to have a guy that we're not going to draft a quarterback, I tend to think they're going to go after a veteran. We all want Aaron Rodgers. No, I know. Yes, I know. We but all want the goat, man. No, no, no. But yeah, for sure. But I could see, I mean, I could even see something like a, like a Case Keenum. Coming oh, oh uh, God. Stop. What? That is just like, like I'm not saying uh, I want to. How can you Don't get me wrong. I didn't say I want to. Uh, because of uh, sick right now. Uh-uh. uh-huh, hold on. What? I want it on record. No, I did not say yeah, I want yeah. that. No, no. But you brought it into yeah, this you, world. I think you're I, trying I, to I manifest it. No, no, no. What? I could see because of the connection with George Payton. Oh my God! Stop that. it! But I think so. I just think quit. I, if I if <laughs> if you just said Matt yeah, Ryan, sorry, like, I could have lived with literally it. almost Matt anything Ryan, else. Okay. Matt Ryan, so, I can live with the discussion. Right. Obviously, and obviously, you said what you said. So obviously, when you're talking about once. 
right? You Do you really about, think we're going to go get Case Keenum? I think the Broncos are going to try to go after a veteran, and I think in order... How is Case Keenum an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater? Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good, move at best. At best okay fair fair enough but but i do think I, my point is i i do think that they're going to go for a veteran quarterback rather than draft a rookie i do think that i think this team the way they went out and gave themselves like a three-year window with their wide receivers they have their line more or less set to where they like it they're, they're probably looked at another piece or two in there but but i do believe that it looks like if you read the tea leaves they're going to go after a veteran quarterback now obviously we all want aaron Rodgers, right obviously i would take a if deshaun watson's allowed to play football again we'll have to see what happens there but deshaun if, if and butts were candies you know, and nuts maybe uh you know maybe a russell wilson's available right now granted if none of those guys are able to come here then yeah you might see him but but here's here's the thing is we're talking about teddy as a as a backup right I actually don't think you're going to be able to get Teddy Bridgewater for backup money because when you look at the free, just because you, when you look at the free agents, right? When you look at the free agents, Teddy Bridgewater might be the second best quarterback free agent on that list. And there's going to be other teams looking for quarterbacks, right? Uh, so you're, you're looking at free agent quarterbacks. It's going to be like Jameis Winston. Tough. Stop. Teddy Bridgewater. They're the same guy. Marcus it's, Mariota. It's the same player. We're talking about Ryan the same Fitzpatrick. Result. No, I, I get it. I get it. Yes, I, I agree. Take, with I would you. take Fitz Magic though. I actually yeah. uh, I, yeah. that chest. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> whole chain. Plus, he's that, just that totally. Degree. He is totally down with being the bridge guy at this point. He's done that for like five teams in a row now. Just been the bridge guy for their star quarterback to now. I just in. don't know how you can have your logic, which makes sense, to draft a guy that you plug and play and you continue to plug and play a guy until he's well, the man and then, and then case, you're telling us that that you want to go you, get case keenum uh, i did not say James that winston did i say that jerry let's rewind the tape here i never I said i wait. want We're to gonna, get case keenum. no but i, can't wait I will agree with podcast. you connor that you didn't say you wanted it nope, but when it not. happens i am 100 blaming <laughs> you for that but <laughs> okay. you brought right, that right, idea into this world that's fair so i i think i think really when it comes down to it you're really looking at at if you can bring teddy back as more or less a backup plan, right? Uh, and I th I'm fine with that. I am fine with bringing Teddy Bridgewater in here as a backup plan. Why do we again, want that as the backup plan? Why are we like I th I resigning ourselves? I think like you could do a lot worse than Teddy Bridgewater as a backup plan. I do. I really do. I think he's... I think you want to have the exact same season we're having right now next year I as a contingency plan. No, no, That's no. what you're saying. Yeah, as a contingency yeah, plan, actually, yes. As you want, you want fallback, to be... If I can have no, guy, I hate that. If, no, no, no. I'm just saying, if I go for a guy, and I let's say we go get Aaron Rodgers, and he goes down first game of the season, my backup has to step in, and he can take me so to a nine or you ten have, season? You want to have 40 to $45 million total on these quarterbacks. You want 40 to $45 million of your salary cap tied up on essentially what is an insurance What's policy. Aaron Rodgers getting paid? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, good. That'd be nice to see. Because, yes, if you could get, like Jared had said, if you could somehow get under $10 million for a Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it, baby. Four what year. What were they paying? Uh, four year. And it looks like it's an extension. So, but the average, uh, it's four year, $134 million contract with the Green Bay Packers, including a $57 million, $500,000 signing bonus and 98 million. Of so what's the an average annual? A hundred divided by four is like 26. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit. It's right around there. 25, 26. So 25. So, so you're looking at like 35 million for the quarterback. Oh, no, room? I'm so sorry. I'm way off. It's 33.5 million dollars a year is his current contract. Mm. So if we get a guy that's 10, you want to spend 40, 40, 40 million, million dollars on one position. That's what you're saying. It's possible, man, because here's the thing is if you get, if you do bring in an Aaron Rodgers, right, then regardless of, of the past of the Broncos, you're immediately in the competition for you're, you're immediately in the conversation for contender. And if you are a contender, I do think it's important to have a good backup plan.
Uh, so real quickly, I'm on. Uh, this is Pro Football Network. They they have uh, their top uh, 2022 free agents by position. Um, and let me see something real quick when this article came out. I'm just looking this up as we go here. So this is from October 25th. So it is a little bit old, but close enough here. Top quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Network, to hit the open market in 2022, Tarod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater. This is one through uh, nine, by Both the way. Both things you just said gross, but continue. Uh, then Jameis Winston, <laughs> Cam Newton, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marcus Mariota, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton. Yuck. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a rough we're, year. We're literally talking about how, we can't. So Connor, you had just said that there, there's a lot worse options. It's the same option. Yeah, and it and doesn't frankly, matter who. And you frankly, get. what the I said about guy. getting him under ten. I don't think so. He's one of the better ones yeah, out of that, that bunch that's, there. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think you're going to actually I, I don't think you're getting that cheap. Cheap. Salary cap is expected to be $208 million in 2022. If you've got roughly $44 million, you have roughly one-fifth of the salary cap for your entire roster. It's arguably worth half of your wins to have the quarterback room to right. have To have a quarterback right. To, pay, to spend 25% on an insurance policy. Andy I, Andy Dalton would get... If you switched out Andy Dalton and Teddy Bridgewater, you'd have the exact same stats you would have right now. But, you'd have the but, exact here's, same here's, here's what I'm saying is if is if the free agency period hits before anything happens with any of these quarterbacks, you, you have to have something in place. I mean, you can't be going in. I mean, is Drew Locke still under contract next year or is he up? I believe... He has one more year. He has one more, one more year. year. So yeah. you can't be going in with Drew Locke is the guy. I mean, the... That's not good. You got to get somebody in free agency if you now, don't now, have now what if, something in place. What if the Broncos could trade for somebody like a mm, Kirk Cousins? <sighs> the ultimate band-aid. Okay, yeah, I don't. Hey, I'm not R.I.P. All, all the Vikings fans. That was tough. Yeah, yeah well, that was uh, tough. <laughs> bad look. Tough luck. <laughs> but Kirk Cousins, yeah. Kirk Cousins is actually a pretty good quarterback. Okay, man. what about... what about? And I think uh, on this team, he could be solid. My favorite my favorite thing that Kirk Cousins does is sometimes his voice cracks at the, the line of scrimmage, and so you'll hear him go, ha, ha. Yes. <laughs> it is... I die. It's hilarious. That's, that's good. That was probably bad. Now, what about... What if you could get someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo? Pass. I don't want pass. Yeah, I think these are all tier sell me on three Jimmy, guys. Sell probably. me on Jimmy tier, G. You tier can't. Two maybe. I, I would say Kirk Cousins G. over Jimmy G. I would take. I would take Kirk over. over there. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo right now yeah. is the eleventh QBR in the league of all quarterbacks. He's right sandwiched Middle between. Tier. He's sandwiched between Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would Middle rather. Tier. I would rather have Derek Carr and I would rather have Kirk Cousins but over Jimmy G. Where do you think Teddy Bridgewater is? Like on, fifth, on the, right in the, the middle. Fifteen. What's your guess, Nick? I would say right in the middle, probably 16, 17. And the reason is, is because he started off so freaking hot at the beginning of the year. So let, we have to remember, we can, the stats, I, the, my struggle with like certain statistics is let's just remember strength of schedule and how the season started. Let's not remember, let's not forget that the Broncos were 3-0 and and Teddy Bridgewater at the time had the highest completion percentage Ted- in the league and was averaging, I think, almost 285, 300 yards a game. So kind of misleading what you're saying. Fair enough, but you don't know what I'm saying yet. Fair. Teddy Bridgewater is 22nd in the league, right? Now, Jimmy Garoppolo at 11, I would take that over Teddy Bridgewater. We're letting QBR decide yeah, I, the, I, the, I, the quality okay, of the quarterback. Okay, we make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. What does that look like, Connor? Oh, what are man. we trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because if we're talking anything with first-rounders, no way. No, 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 no. Can't Mid-round picks? I'll, I, again, I, I I feel like you are doing what Elway has done year after year after year since Peyton Manning. He has tried to 
get cheap, try to get second-tier guys and make them better guys. He's never really, really gone for it, albeit free agency trade or in the draft. He has, I mean, Paxton Lynch, sure, you could call him, call that going Connor, for it. But, Paxton's tall. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but, but, but I think that, to me, would be trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, even a Kirk Cousins would be another John yeah. Elway type move. I, I could buy that argument. Italy. I could definitely buy that argument. I'm just telling you what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to go for a veteran quarterback. That is that is what I believe they're going to do. And and hopefully, for all of our sakes, that is one of the top tier type veteran quarterbacks. I And maybe this is just me trying to counter you manifesting things, and I'm going to manifest my own things. Connor's the manifesting world. I man. absolutely believe that George Payton has set things up for himself to go aggressively try to get one of the top quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope so. But I do believe if he doesn't get the top-tier guy, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, somebody along those lines, I actually see him going draft. I really do. I think uh, I he's a that guy team. that drafted. Uh, he drafted with a lot of his what picks. What do you do? It sucks. So we've talked ourselves around in a circle, and we just hate everything. Should we reset the show? <laughs> I want to rewind it, start the show over. Let's go back to the right. our living room. All right, hey, with, with that said, all right, Obviously, quarterback is something that we can all agree on is something that we are not there yet. Teddy's not that guy, right? I mean, can we agree on He's that? He's not that one, guy, Pat. He's not that guy. Teddy on the field, Teddy is the one player in my mind that is absolutely holding this team back. If you were to improve your play at quarterback, I I think this is a legitimate playoff contender. I'm not saying they're going to go win a Super Bowl with, a, with an average quarterback, but you put an average to above average quarterback on this team, and there are a playoff team. I truly believe Jared, that. you could say that about all 32 teams in the NFL. I'm not okay. saying a top five quarterback, <laughs> Connor. Wrong. I never you give Connor, me, he's not And wrong. you know what? Frankly, I'll go to your Jimmy Garoppolo analogy. You give me Jimmy Garoppolo on this team, the Broncos are in the playoffs. Oh. Ooh, that's a lie. Boom, baby. The, I lie, do think the lie detector test has but, determined but, that was a lie. But oh, again, to conversations you and I, Connor, have had God, at length off air about right, what, what, a, what kind of quarterback you have to have to win it. Jimmy Garoppolo is not taking the Broncos to a Super Bowl winning a nope. Super Bowl. No, no, but no, he no. is a guy that can get them 10, 11 wins. So you're, you're so so my and I don't my, want that. Yeah, my, okay. I want to go agree. in a Super Bowl. We agree. Let's go and We're and, 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 and that's well, a long winded way to say we all and, pretty much agree. We okay. all more or so less, we, we just argued about an agreement. We uh well, that's, that what, only that on what, Red Rock wait, Sports. Isn't that what sport podcasts are? Really? <laughs> Arguing when you agree. Especially local shows. Say, is it fair to say we all agree the Broncos need a quarterback? <laughs> there you okay, go. Okay, we talked about all the free agents and, and the, the potential trades. I think it is time probably we just look at this uh uh quarterback class coming out and the top prospects coming out and as I mentioned earlier it's really not as flashy as what we've seen in the last couple of years and uh, th again this is through pro football focus there's tons of different outlets and different things that uh, you know People want to say different things. I, I don't look, really look a whole lot at Mel Kuyper or uh, Todd McShay, mainly because Todd, it's the Todd, Todd, Plus Todd. and you have to pay for that shit, and it drives me nuts. So Kenny I don't Pickett, pay for Todd, that stuff. Todd, Todd, tall quarterback, Todd. <laughs> That's my Mel Kuyper impression. That, it's not That's very good. Not, it's not very it's not good. Very we good hated that. The right, fact that you had to tell us it was <laughs> yeah, not good. Right, fine, fine, what, fine. What was that? Todd, Todd, Todd. That's, a, that's hey, what he does. Kuiper, guys. <laughs> Go check it out. So they have, I believe, <laughs> Todd, it's Todd, Todd. seven quarterbacks in their top 100, uh, which, I mean, that's going out. We're talking three rounds there. But as far as their top 32, there are three quarterbacks that they would essentially be giving first-round grades to, okay? Uh, first one, number 16, Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Um, SEC. You know, 
Sure. SEC, and sure. he's been productive. I think he is globbing on to the Baker Mayfields, Kyler Murrays of the world, these smaller guys with a smaller frame, but the big arm that can make a lot of plays. I don't know that he's as good on any level as those guys, but I think he's going to get drafted higher than he would because of those guys' success. And I say that because he stands 6'1", 205, small guy, not very tall, right about Baker Mayfield size. Ooh. He's not tall. Not tall. No. I don't know. I With an SEC quarterback, it always makes me a little bit nervous. A guy that's played at Ole Miss, I know they're good. You just don't know what you don't know. That's a, that's a lot to give up. He's a junior, but I believe he's uh, started for three years. years. Yeah, I think okay. he started all three years. Yeah. Okay. So he's got a lot of experience, like you said, playing the SEC. So that is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. Uh, you brought up Kenny Pickett. He is ranked number 20 overall for them. Kenny Pickett is the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. And uh, I have to think he's jumped up on everyone's rankings just simply off of that play that the he had this slide weekend. extraordinaire. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, go find it on yeah, YouTube. Was cool. It's a great clip. He's, he's running. I mean, it's a huge run. I don't know how long it is, but it's a real long run. He's about 30 yards down the field, goes to slide, acts like he's going to slide, fakes out all the defenders, keeps running, and scores a touchdown. It was fantastic. Oh, that is that's They awesome. should outlaw that in his defense because he should just get absolutely leveled but well, I, totally it was, it was they, cool. they, you're not allowed to hit him once he starts sliding so yeah. jerry do you support that play uh i support it because it was awesome. based on based on the current rules now yes i support uh, it should it you be? also support teddy bridgewater's business decision okay no. hang on connor did baby. you guys happen to notice on the pick six that teddy bridgewater threw the effort that was given That's by an, teddy bridgewater yeah, look, i loved the effort and just, boy did that make it all worth it for you connor that he threw that pick six did it make it yeah, all better uh, and warm and fuzzy? better yes it, it literally is like 90 percent better you, you want to know why <laughs> no it's because he, they he, still scored a touchdown no, and he still didn't we're make not, the play we're not arguing the semantics of the touchdown we're arguing the semantics of the effort or said touchdown. Did you guys see Justin Herbert, by the way? Yes. Throw, that's throw, effort. Throw, yeah. What Teddy Bridgewater did is like, oh shit, they're going to yell at me again <laughs> yeah, if, I don't, yeah. if I don't go. For sure. No doubt. No doubt. Herbert, Herbert, for those you didn't see, threw, threw a pick and absolutely crushed the guy out of bounds. It was awesome. Well, I would say that Herbert is significantly bigger than Teddy. That's true. I, I appreciate the all-out sprawl. That's true, and he also didn't have like th- career-threatening injuries and stuff. But hey, I digress. <laughs> it's I do. Yeah, I'm glad I, you I brought like that up right? because I, like I, I meant to bring that up when we were talking the game. Hey, no, hey, hey. screw point, that. Don't point, ever make it. Don't ever try unless you're corner. six six two thirty five like Justin Herbert. Then maybe you can go for a linebacker style oh, tackle. Give me and a just, break. All I, I want mean, is for him to freaking try. And guess what? Just try. He tried. He tried. I get it. Give it to him. He's no got backup quarterback money. You got to try. I just laugh yep. because his effort was like, oh, yeah. And it just like fell at his how feet. That, how was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. That's kind of what he sounds like, right? Yeah. I don't really like, like I, that. I, I know we're going to all agree. We're going to argue to agree. All the quarterbacks in this year's draft seem a little raw, seem like a guy. If we're using Connor's logic, you don't plug and play. You let him sit. And I guess in this hypothetical scenario, you draft him, you sign Teddy Bridgewater, or I don't know, maybe Case Keenum. And then you let him sit behind somebody, some just some guy, some guy. No, Do I really I, want Kenny Pickett? For the record, I am not a sit behind I somebody guy. Either. I think play the damn yeah. guy. And, and, and Patrick I, I, Mahomes just talked a lot about how that helped him so much to sit on the bench. But I, I, I truly believe he's have you have the same Patrick Mahomes if he played year one versus. Well, there's not a difference between Alex Smith and like 
Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater. And it was a team that had so. won 9, 10, 11 games year over year over year. Well, if it, you recall, I think it was the year before. I think Alex Smith was the best quarterback in the league, and the Chiefs, I want to argue, were 8-1, and 9-1, and one, my, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they were a good team, yeah. Uh, the, the last guy I just want to put in there that is the top in the top 32 is uh, well, well we'll bring two guys in because one guy's at 36 too Sam Howell quarterback from North Carolina yep. um, he's the guy going into the year I kind of thought would be the one that flashed he uh, he's got a lot of skills he could definitely throw the ball around the field and he can sling it deep uh, but another small spin guy spin it he's a 6 one uh, the other guy uh, of the ever popular Cincinnati Bearcats uh, now ranked what number four? Four. Four. Right? four. They actually got screwed in that rankings. For you the think record. so? I, I I think I actually think Michigan and, and Cincinnati both got screwed with the, the SEC bias a little bit. I think Michigan should have been one, and I think the Bearcats should have been three. I'm in this pick'em uh, with some some work buddies, and I'm actually surprisingly doing well. Naturally, I chose Georgia. Absolutely smoked. Oklahoma State. Absolutely smoked. It's just it's crazy how it shakes out. And uh, I, I referenced Cincinnati, and I, where I was going with that is their quarterback Desmond Ritter oh, is yes. the number thirty-six. I know. I'm like, wait, why were we talking about Cincinnati? I'm like, all right, the quarterback uh, Desmond Ritter, six-four-two-fifteen. Uh, He's a guy. Ooh. Okay, all these He's guys tall. scare me He's in a sense tall. that mm-hmm. you don't really have the prototype quarterback right i mean his body wise is but he's, he's a small he's more of a small school guy sure they're i get it they're ranked number four in the country but they're not playing week over week the same talent levels that some of those other teams are right now guys have gone on to be very successful coming from smaller programs certainly uh, but so desmond Ritter kind of scares you in that sense right he hasn't played on the same competition level a lot of these other guys smaller guys guys that uh Maybe aren't your traditional style quarterback. You'd really have to bring in the right type of coaching staff, which I think we can all agree. We have agree and, and probably not even argue <laughs> about it. That I, we would get. We're all hoping this whole coaching staff's gone, right? We want every single one of them out of here. No, if I at least get one thing for Christmas. It would be a, a new staff. Yes, everyone, and and that starts one hundred percent special teams. Get rid of them all. Whatever you're doing coaching-wise, it isn't oh, working. Tom McMahon has been brutal. I mean, honestly, he has led one of the worst special teams in the NFL for years now, and somehow it, the Broncos don't see that as a problem. So I do not know. It, our coaches, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, real quick, before, and I kind of started that topic, but let because I do want to talk about that and mm-hmm. what, what that looks like, but I just want to put a bow on this quarterback situation. Yeah, I think we're looking at a situation with these quarterbacks that as we sit here, it is December 7th. None of these quarterbacks are really, really high on pretty much anyone's boards. What I will tell you, this is part of why I enjoy the draft process, is watch these lists now, and then watch these lists come April, and I guarantee you a lot of these quarterbacks have moved 5, 10, 20 spots up. up. It always happens. You start talking yourself into this guy being a guy. So these guys, I guarantee you two or three of them will go top 10. Maybe not. There have been years where it doesn't happen. Uh, I think uh, the year that uh, – oh, what was the quarterback that the Jets took? Like uh, uh, Which one? Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) Yeah, are we, are we, uh, D- doesn't matter. Josh does it, Rosen doesn't matter. No, Matt just, Liner. <laughs> Ooh, was that was that the Jets? Wow. No, no, that was the Cardinals. Cardinals, huh? Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. No, they took uh, Sanchez. They took ah, Sanchez. Sanchez. But fumble the king. Fumble king. Uh, yep. It will oh. never ever get old. Never. Okay. Anyways, but. You look at this class, it doesn't look great. It doesn't jump out at me. Now, it does fit the fact that the Broncos are drafting in the middle of the round. You may not end up having to trade up a ton to get that. I think 
you know, that may be a scenario the Broncos are looking at. But to me, this screams, you look at the free agent class, you look at the rookie class, you have to try, you give up whatever it takes. If if a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a guy like Russell Wilson becomes available, it does not matter the price. Name the price. You give whatever it takes. We've talked about that before on the show, but those are the guys. Don't go get me a Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, You're Jimmy just G. wasting See, draft capital. What I what I like in the draft, and again, I'm working at a podcast, local, Denver, all that. For me, you always need to take the best available player, regardless of the quarterback situation. Uh, Broncos, you're a BPA have, guy. Bron- Broncos, huh? yeah, BPA. Broncos need the best player. They have a lot of holes to fill, a lot of linemen, a lot of edge rushers. Do I they have a lot of holes? I disagree though? with you. I look at this team and I watch this game. Yes. This game, more than any probably all season, I came away actually very encouraged about the future of this team. When I look at it, you have a young offensive line that's mostly under contract for a couple of years that's seems to be coming together, coming into its own. You got a running back that I think is going to be a superstar in this league, at least for a few years until the NFL chews him up and spits him out like they always do. You have a young receiving core that, yes, is underperforming, but I think that is your quarterback letting them down and a defense that right now looks like a top five, top ten defense as it's currently constructed with all the holes at linebacker that they have right now. Give me a linebacker. I love offensive linemen still to this day. I think the Broncos should not have taken Bradley Chubb. They should have taken Quentin Nelson. They've got some guy. I'm Evan Neal. Evan Neal. (laughs) Evan Evan Neal. Tackle from Alabama. You've got to take a guy that you know will immediately be a 10-year starter, immediately beef up whatever it is that you feel is your perceived weakness, and you go from there. But again, that sort of feeds into your point about taking a bridge quarterback. So. Oh, wow. Full circle. I know. Full circle. Full, full circle. circle. I hated every minute okay, of saying that. Let's stop talking about quarterbacks. It's depressing, okay? Um, let's do talk about this coaching staff. And, and, and Connor, we were starting to talk there a little bit about getting rid of the whole staff. I think the main thing for me, special teams, but obviously it all goes back to Vic Fangio. Vic Slick. Slicky Vic. Slick Vic. Oh, man. Hey, said it, said it at the beginning of the, the show. The coaching, the special teams, and the quarterback let the Broncos down. And so, you look at the, you look at the coaching, man. It is it's time. It's 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 time to go. <laughs> it's there. Uh, you know, there, there's just some questionable calls, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem going for it on fourth down on that really long drive, right? I don't have a problem going for it because you you already went for it on fourth and seven and you got it, right? Um, and then you get down to the goal line and you know, it's fourth and short. Uh, just run it. <laughs> I mean, you know, just run it. I mean, you, you got a guy who's getting you, you know, 178 all purpose yards. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're not going to run it, then run a screen to him or something. But I would, I would say run it there. It, 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 I'm sorry. You're, you're, I was zoned out. Don't, don't, don't judge me. I wasn't paying attention to you. You were talking about the goal line. Yeah, that, situation. Uh-huh. Okay, it's beyond though. Just like, hey, Javante Williams should get the ball there. It's all about the clock management, and you strategically brought, <laughs> you strategically oh. set up this drive where I think that it was it was such a long drive, but they killed the clock all the way down. And if you just run the ball one more time, regardless of what you plan to do on fourth down, you run it on third down, and and the clock's gone. Then yeah, you but know, although although they didn't score. Again, did they? I mean, no, so, but 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 still. So move if, point, if but your yeah, strategy you. was to run the clock down, that was the play, and then come fourth down, you're wide open. You can run the ball, you can pass the ball, you can do whatever you want. Well, you, you had to run it there on third. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there, and uh, you know, then then you look at the challenge, right? I mean, g- go look at at 
the uh, who was it? Travis Kelsey caught that ball and kind of took like his one. It was really close. Took he got two feet down. He tucked the ball, um, but but the call was ultimately upheld, and it just you know adds to adds quite frankly a problem with Vic Fangio is is his challenge record. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. And it's time for the start of the week. We got a little premature there on the stat of the week. And Nick's I ready. got excited. Nick is ready. I, I live for the stat of the week. <laughs> so Vic Fangio, uh, as mentioned, he tried to throw the red challenge flag on a uh, what he thought was a fumble from Travis Kelsey. The call was upheld, uh, which makes Vic Fangio in his career, uh, his record not very good with challenges. He has had 14 challenges in his three years. Four of those 14 have been overturned. And 10 of the 14 have been upheld. Interestingly enough, uh, out of those 14 challenges that Vic Fangio has, only four of those 14 have been on the offensive side of the ball. He has challenged 10 times for uh, on behalf of the defense and four times on behalf of the offense. He has never, by the way, uh, gotten a offensive challenge overturned. Brutal. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, I know that's not just Vic Fangio, man. I know it's not like Vic Fangio's sole decision, but you know what? The buck stops somewhere. He's got to have somebody in his ear, somebody whose Head job it is. Coach. Um, and in that's just brutal, man. I mean, I mean, here's the thing is, you watch that Travis Kelsey play, right? And it's close. I- I'll give it to it him. Was. It was a close play, right? Uh, but at the same time, almost everybody watching it could have guessed that this is not going to get overturned because if we've learned anything from watching the NFL on a, on a week-in, week-out basis... If there is not absolute indisputable evidence, right? They don't overturn calls. They don't. Now, if that was called a fumble on the field, I think that's staying a fumble, right? Sure. But, it, but it's just, it's so bang, bang that even slow motion doesn't really slow it well, down. Well, and that's the thing too with a play like that, where if you watched it at, at live speed, it looked like it was uh, an incomplete pass. And if you slow it down, it does look like he has the two feet and the movement. But it's like that microsecond of a move is not enough at real speed to actually overturn that. So I will say this, though. I actually do think that that particular call should have been a fumble. I mean, it should have been a fumble. Uh, The rule says that three things have to happen in order for a, a reception to be made and then a fumble, right? So the ball has to be caught, obviously, right? You got to get two feet down or another body part down, right? Like your elbow, your hip, something like that, right? That counts as My two favorite's feet. the shin. The shin. Where do you decide where the shin begins? Yeah, and where the, oh, you have rough. How so, tall is the player? So you got to, so those are the two things, right? You got those are two of the, you got to catch the ball, you got to maintain possession with your with both feet down which he got two feet down and then you have to make a football move and it specifies in the rule book that tucking the football is an example of a football move i would but absolutely argue didn't he lose the ball in the process of tucking and i don't i'd have to go back and watch it no, to, see, to see. I, no that's where it gets really bang bang but i think he yeah. tucked the football and it should have been i, called I do fumble. tend to lean towards the let's watch it again at live speed because you can break those things down Agreed. so slow Agreed. and you can see if you watch it at live speed and it it, again, it's not, and I hate their clear and obvious term that they use because nothing's ever clear and obvious in, in, in the football. Also, total side note, but how hard is it to have a camera directly down the end zone line? Why because not? it's always on like a slight angle. And then you're like, well, we can't quite tell from this angle. I'm like, put it exactly on the line then. Well, then I mean, we they have cameras. Exactly. They have cameras all over the place, and they're actually doing better with having it the is. camera it on is. the first I have down. noticed that. It's been better. Yeah, been but better. still, I mean, 
at this point, if we're going to call and nitpick everything, have the entire freaking field lined with cameras if we're going to gerrymander like this. What about put a camera in the football? What about in their cleats? GPS Ooh. sensor in the football yeah, that yeah, you can okay, tell you if go. it crosses right, the line. Right, with lasers. Yeah. Freaking Shark laser laser lasers. <laughs> All of us. I knew uh, it. Oh, yeah. That's an underrated is. movie. <laughs> it is. Neither here nor there. So... Stat of the week, Vic Fangio is uh, once again Awful not, doing great, not doing okay, great on the, the calls. As a fan, you know, we're sitting here and we all expect Fangio and probably most, if not this entire f- coaching staff gone. We're hoping that that happens. Praying. We're hoping Pleading. that there is some move Begging. made at quarterback, uh, you know, to propel this team forward. As, as you guys are sitting here today, what are, what are the Broncos now? Six and six or something like that. Unfortunately, how, how do six, we feel? Yeah. How do we feel about the future of this team? And first question is, what are your expectations for the rest of the year? My expectations. Yeah, I have no expectations. No expectations. Jared. I have no <laughs> expectations. <laughs> My expectations get wiped away every other week. Yep. Uh, man, it's a it's a tough team to figure out, man, because they look pretty good at times, and then uh, other times they just fall completely flat. Um, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, man, it really is. It's just uh, the buck stops with the head coach. When you when you come out in a game like this, right? I know local media was touting this as the biggest game since since Nom. the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, they're touting it as the biggest game since the Super Bowl. And you know what? To a certain extent, I, c- I can buy that viewpoint, right? It's a big game. This is nationally televised game. It's for the division. So you win this sad. game. Where you're gonna fallen. You're gonna put yourself in a in a decent position to have a chance to win the division, right? Uh, wait, wait, I just and I'm not disagreeing. I actually agree with you 100. percent But did you hear the the amount of qualifiers he had to put on a decent p- chance to have sort of a kind of maybe <laughs> position know, to right? almost be in, in the chance? That's but, where they're but, at. But now. either way you slice it, this was one of the biggest <laughs> games the Broncos have had since Super, since Super Bowl 50, right? And and what have we learned about these Vic Fangio teams Stop when it. they have the biggest Just games in, in the biggest moments and the most important moments, man? The Vic Fangio teams just seem to flop. They're not ready to play. They don't. They don't come and put up a yeah, show. We, they're we not get killed. well coached. Uh, so you know, at the end of the day, man, I I, I think you, you got to point the finger somewhere, man, and, and it goes it goes to Vic Fangio and his staff and not having them prepared to play in these types of games. And just give me anybody but Pat Shermer. Just. I'm ready. I need it. That's a big one, too. Pat Shermer being the head coach, that would be a nightmare. That would be a travesty. That would be a (laughs) travesty. Did you guys see that Pat Shermer, uh, this was back when... they were talking about technology. Remember when when Vic when Vic Fangio had the quote about I don't have email or something like that, right? I bet he doesn't. No, no, no doubt, right? <laughs> no, uh, no burner emails coming from his account. <laughs> so, so they asked uh, Pat Sherber kind of a similar question. He says, "I don't even use technology, man." He goes, "Clearly, he goes, Pat. I don't even use I don't even use tablets or any of that stuff. I just pen and paper." <laughs> it is so obvious <laughs> in the way been, you guys been run fired this team. right then and there. Right, you know what? I actually think Vic Fan that the tandem of Vic Fangio as a head coach and, and Pat Shermer as an offensive quarter could have worked in like the 60s or 70s. Like I think way back in the day, that style of football probably could have worked. When they're throwing the ball like 10 times exactly. a game. Exactly. And I even say season, maybe we're talking even earlier than that then. Maybe we're talking like 40s or 50s. Speaking of throwing back. the ball no. very little amount of time, Sorry to get off track a little bit here, but how wild was that? that was the New England Patriots won a football game on Monday night, throwing the ball three times. That was amazing. That has happened 
six times in the history of the National Football Do League. Do I cue the stat of the week? Music? No, no, no. This isn't this isn't stat of the week. If we did that for every stat Connor put out there. That clip would never stop. Minute. We'll just keep playing it. I mean, Vic Fangio, <laughs> eighteen and twenty-six. He, it's just this division is way too competitive. It's just flip the page. What are we doing? See, but you look at the Broncos' schedule coming up, and it's like, man. And I know this is just me getting sucked in again, but you got Lions at home. Bengals. You got Bengals at home. And I'm not. It's a tough I, game. The Bengals That's is a, a winnable tough game, game. But it is a winnable game. They've all, I would argue, I would argue three-fourths of the games have been quote-unquote winnable games. Sure. And then you go at uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is a team that I think will Loss, continue to win, fall loss. off as the uh, the year goes on. But I'm not saying it's it's a guaranteed win, but man, those are three winnable games. If you win the next three games, you're two and one. sitting at nine wins. What about two and one? Yeah, two and one I'm happy with there, okay? I mean, through that stretch, you better not lose to the, the worst, freaking Lions. That's the worst part about where we're at is the Broncos are still in the playoffs. Vic still has his hat to hang on. And if the Broncos somehow go nine and eight... I don't know. To me, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think you got to get 10 wins to get the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about it last week. That I think there is something to this Broncos team and how many years they've been bad that to see a team making progress and moving into the middle of the pack instead of being at the bottom of the pack, I think that does something for a team, and I think that does something to draw free agents and trade targets to want to come here. Now, uh, when you're looking at teams right now, right, that the Broncos, in order to make the playoffs, are going to have to beat out. So right now, with that win, the Patriots have the number one seed in the AFC. Don't look now, but Bill Belichick's doing it again. Man, I hate it. Uh, William. But, but so, so the Broncos are at 6-6, six and six, right? Uh, there are two wild card spots that right now are the, and I'm not sure who has the tiebreaker, but it would be the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chargers are all 7-5. and five. They're all one game ahead of the Broncos at 7-5. and five. And then uh, you got the Colts who are seven and six ahead of the Broncos. And they're, they're on the outside looking in, right? So right now there's, I just named four teams, only two, ta- only two playoff spots for the Bills, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Colts, all ahead of the Broncos right now. Then at six and six, you got the um, Broncos, the Browns, um, and the Raiders are all six and six. Broncos, Browns, and Raiders. And then, as if it's not convoluted enough, you got the Steelers at six and five. Well, and on top, so of- so I do not see. I really don't. I do not see a situation where a nine-win team in the AFC makes the playoffs. I well, just don't. I mean, it's going to come down to tiebreakers, all that crazy stuff. At the end of the day, you know, Vic is in the locker room saying, "Hey guys, if we win the next two games, we are now ahead of the Chargers and the Bengals. Big games coming up." I mean. It's very. If this team wins three in a row, I mean, if you and I, and I sign think, Teddy now, absolutely Connor. right. <laughs> no more no. Case Keenum talk. <laughs> but if you win three in a row, I don't want any of these you, guys. You're sitting there <laughs> with, with two games players. to play, divisional games, two games to play. You win one, and you actually have a chance to be in the playoffs. And I'm not saying you know necessarily that that's what I expect, but. Man, I, I think from an expectation standpoint, make a break for Vic right now. You, you, <laughs> if not now, when? My expectation, Jared, you asked about expectations, and I gave you a tongue-in-cheek answer of no expectations. Yeah, it was a pathetic answer. Yeah, it was. My actual expectations is that the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Hot take. I, it, it's not going to happen, man. Uh, the, I, I really do. When I look at the AFC picture, right, I do not see any chance that the, a nine-win team is making the playoffs right. this year. Hell, a 10-win team might not even make do the playoffs. Do you see the Broncos being a nine-win team? I think that's almost a more important question because I don't think any of us Eight see them nine. getting to 10 wins. Eight and nine. So do you see them getting to nine wins? Mm, 
Five games left, three to win three. They could get to nine wins. They could get to nine. They could get to nine wins. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to nine wins, but I don't expect them to get to nine wins. I really don't. I think you beat the Lions, and 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 to me, your season hinges on what you do against the Bengals. Because if you go beat the Bengals, then I would have a little bit more confidence in this Broncos team to maybe go beat the Raiders. But you lose to the Bengals, Raiders is probably your only other shot to win. Yeah. That Lions game then you is, got Raider. Every, that Lions game is going to be. I'm frisky. looking past it. I'm looking right yeah, past it. We're are. just going to we're going to take them now. Actually, they're only an eight point favorite. Is it eight? I think home. it was seven. As of. Uh, that was on ESPN, so that's not really an uh, betting uh, app. So that's just eight. Uh, my uh, expectations: they miss the playoffs again, and uh, if they do miss the playoffs, then Vic Fangio and the staff are com- are gone. It's not. They're not going to hang around. Agree or disagree? I agree. So, what are your expectations? Uh, I'm on the same boat. Yeah, I, I really am. I, I think that they're going to end up probably eight wins. I think the whole staff is gone. I won't be totally surprised if they go lose two out of the next three. If they lose to the Bengals and the Raiders, I won't be totally surprised if, if they give Fangio the axe before the end of the year. Do they play lock? They shouldn't. They know what they have in lock. What's the point? I still say you play lock because I know you do. You want to close the door on it. That's all. It is closed. I just, I, it's closed. <laughs> Slammed, locked, locked twice. Well, then Deadpool, it's, one of, it's one of the little dangly then locks. The too. dangly locks, yeah. yeah. Okay, so in that one case, of those sliders. Yes. In that case, you uh, should trade him for a eighth round pick. If oh, you can. bag of rocks. Eighth? Give me a bag of rocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm seriously. If if that door's closed, then you trade him for anything you can get. Seventh round pick, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's all. I good. want Mister Irrelevant. Yes, that's what I want. Literally anybody. The else. last pick of the draft. Okay, before we a wrap soda up, machine. Before we wrap up Broncos talk, we got to touch on the Red Rock Weekly Draft. Right. I have God, it somewhere it's been, it's in been my rough notes for me, man. I don't even know Stop. where it is. What do you mean? You're tied for first, though. I, I mean, I guess you were up big. I was up on. huge, okay. and I was just losing. So uh, last week, Lasting what we drafted was how the Broncos would score their first points of the game. It was almost their only points of the game. Soaps, you had the first pick. You made the right. pick pick you said field goal first that's my man that's what happened so soaps wins that takes us on the air connor at four soaps at four and i am just behind at three wow i'm so frustrated about being in first can't you agree connor yeah well since i'm not first it's kind of like one of those things you know when you are the number one seed you're expected to be the number one seed so when you're tied with somebody it's a little bit of a disappointment that's fair yeah <laughs> well, since you guys are both tied for first, I'll draft first this week. <laughs> See, that's okay. what keeps happening now yeah. that I'm the last person that keeps picking, and you all are. No, up. you're going to get to go second mm. here since Soaps mm. won last week, so mm, Soaps will be last. Mm. What we're going to look at this week, we're going to expand beyond just the Broncos. Okay, I foresee a game here. The, the Lions aren't good. Okay, their offense isn't good. Tell me more. Uh, they turn the ball over a lot. Teddy Bridgewater lately, and this Broncos offense been turning the ball over a lot. Mm. So I wanted to throw a stab out there. We're going to guess the number of total turnovers in the game for both teams combined total turnovers okay so i'm gonna start here i'm gonna go with four i see four total turnovers i actually see teddy and the boys not turning the ball over a lot i think they have one and then i think this broncos defense gets three turnovers in this game oh wow should that be our tiebreaker well i guess we were all choosing different numbers yeah don't take my number okay i will go with uh hmm, let's go Three turnovers. Whoa. Yeah. Bold. I know. Go where no man's gone before. <laughs> I'll go two. Ah, there you go. I'll go two. Nice, nice steady Eddie. Two. All. No. One and one each. Got a classic Teddy fumble. Comes out hurt. A classic Teddy fumble. Yep. 
<laughs> Has he fumbled this year? No. <laughs> he doesn't. It's, 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 nothing, it's nothing like just saying, it, if you say the, the classic Mark Sanchez fumble, we uh, all know what that is. Right. Or the classic Drew Locke interception. Like, yeah, we all there, we go, there we go. There we go. That's followed by a dance. <laughs> I miss those dances now that it, like the season's starting to wind up. Oh, he looks happy on the sideline, though. Yeah, Does he not? Those, he looks super happy with a backup quarterback role, got to say. Do we pay him $10 million? No. Oh. <laughs> no. He, I mean, I've, I, you're right. I've never seen him smile as much. Even when he was dancing, he wasn't smiling that yeah, much. Yeah, he's loving it. He's oh, loving gosh. life as and, a backup And on the Q. flip side, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater looks absolutely miserable out there all the time. He yes. looks like he does not want to be there. Relatable. <laughs> that's how I feel every time <laughs> I go to the game. That's how all of us feel. All right, okay, all right. we've let's, talked entirely too much time the heck off uh, these Broncos. about the Broncos, but we're going to move on to another topic that, well, let's be honest, guys, also not been the greatest. The Nuggets continue Ooh. to, Ooh. I don't want to say struggle. Ooh. I think they were, were kind of middling this, this last week or two, but their bench particularly continues to struggle. Okay? Is that a problem for these Nuggets? Yes. I mean, certainly, this yes. Year, certainly this Sir. year, right? Uh, yeah, it's man. That's how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel with these nuggets. Uh, hey man, look, you're you're missing two thirds of who you're paying to be your max player, right? Um, but with that said, you still have who I believe is the best player in the world right now uh, on your team, and you're just not getting it done in games that you should win when he's playing. Um, the bench has been a problem, and I mean, you just look up and down. I mean, Jamichael Green, man. Uh, having a really rough year. I'd be curious to see what Nick has to say about that. But Jermichael Green's a guy you 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 brought back, right? You brought back, paid him a little bit of money. Uh, you tried to give Mike Malone another uh, kind of a what he's missing in Paul Millsap, right? You're Michael. trying to yeah, Michael Malone. Sorry, stop it, Connor. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, uh, you're you're giving Michael Malone back somebody that he can kind of use as he used Paul Millsap last year, right? Um, but the problem is, man, Jamichael Green is is not playing like he was last year. He is way down on his three point shooting. He is, he is Probably not those shooting new threes. basketballs. <laughs> it might do it. It might be. But, was that uh, off air? We were talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Do I need to? We need to bring the audience in on that. Oh well, there there is. Yeah, there's there's new basketballs this year, and we don't really know a whole bunch about what they are. But we do know three point shooting in the NBA is down this year. Uh, some people blame the balls. It's a conspiracy. No, I know. So I wish I had the music. I know. I want to play it. So, <laughs> right. Uh, no, but you know, Jamichael Green not. not playing well man uh this team i mean right now too you got austin rivers and bones highland who are out with covid protocols right and in the nba in the football you get a covid protocol you might not even miss a game right nba is obviously much different because you play more often so when you hit protocol it's it's much more of a uh an impact uh, i would say so uh it's tough having bones bones has been one of the best Stories on the Nuggets this year. I mean, obviously, I mean he's he's been playing really well. He's giving good bench minutes. Um, but no, man. I mean, Jamichael Green really not been playing well at all. Uh, you know, Faku. We talked a little bit about Faku on this show. He's actually turning around a little bit. I got I got to give credit where credit's due because we've kind of scorned him a little bit on this show. Uh, my man is fourteen for his last twenty. No, I'm sorry, twenty four for his last twenty eight three pointers. Um, he's actually got his three point percentage up to like the high thirties, thirty eight percent, I think it is. He's actually starting to shoot the ball a little bit, which is. A, a Do you good think sign. that we all hate on him because he's that guy in the pickup game at the gym? He's at twenty four. Like you, you're like, oh, I'll take him. I'm gonna guard him because you think he's gonna be the easy guy. To guard and then he's running all over the court being a hustle. you're like man that's not how i play man i'm, I'm too old for i'm that. just here to chuck threes and not play <laughs> exactly. D. exactly it's uh <laughs> that's yeah, what, right. that, that's pretty much it yeah I, you got to get the bench to play better rather than talk negative about the nuggets because they're just kind of a victim of circumstance with injuries True. there's just two players i want to highlight 
I really wasn't a big fan of the Jeff Green signing. He's been really solid. Been playing. He's been great uh, yeah, since he moved to starting. He's yeah. been a really good role player he's in that playing, starting lineup. Been playing really, really well. I also want to highlight Ill Will. Ill Will's been playing pretty nice. 44% field goal percentage, 38% from three, averaging about 16 points a game. He's absolutely earning that contract. He's absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, he, oh, totally. And I don't dislike Will Barton, but I just... He's the kind of guy that thinks he's a superstar, but isn't necessarily a superstar, but really like his game, taking about six threes a game. So again, rather than talk about the negative, because it's it's really difficult to give a full breakdown of, of the nugs with the current injury situation. Well, and I'm the resident uh, Will Barton hater, so yes. I think I will weigh in on that. And I will say it's it's nice to see when you actually need to lean on him a bit to be that guy that he can and will actually step up and, and, and be that for, guy. And for most parts, he's been fairly healthy so it, it's nice to see him getting some shine and i it, it's hard for me to talk about the nuggets when they're in the situation that they're in with the contracts that they're in it's, it's really hard to judge they seem like they play hard and they're well coached and i so. want to i want to take that thought a step further i want you guys to envision a, okay. a healthy nuggets team i have already told you guys last week my two cents on this is a lost season move on we're on to 22-23 season okay in your head we're healthy the nuggets are fully healthy going into next year do they need to make moves to bolster this bench once they're healthy? Or is it simply a matter of they just have so many injuries and once they're all back, they have the team? Is this proving that they need to make more moves? My counter to that, Jared, is the season is is not over. It's over. It's not See, over. I, we're I two, disagree too. We're two, I games, agree with Nick. two games out oh. of fifth place. Currently, we're in eighth. Obviously, we're not really staring at the top three. Some would say four. We're right in the thick of things. It seems like these guys are playing really hard. 11 and 12 isn't where you want to be, but they're a 500 team without their, you know, two, three best players to your specific point. And how many 500 teams win championships to your specific point, ignoring that about, <laughs> do we need to make any moves moving right past? What yeah. You just <laughs> literally <said. laughs> ignoring what you just said. It's you can't really make a decision on offseason moves when you don't know the Michael Porter injury. And not, or the and, and, and I want to put this question out, not necessarily just for offseason. I kind of put put it in there that we're looking at the 22-23 season, I know, but in this season, I mean, do you think the Nuggets need to go try to make a move? What can you do? <sighs> that's that's tell, me, tell me what you can do. Now, that is a, that's exactly it. See, the problem with the Nuggets right now in terms of making a move, right? Is we that are stuck. Anything you do is gonna you're gonna have to match contracts, right? Because um, the, the Nuggets are already right up against it in terms of how much money they can spend, right? Uh, so that's kind of the problem. They're they're a little bit stuck right now. I would love to. I mean. Yes, I would love to see us be able to do something. If you could somehow get like a, a role player, like a like a Terrence Ross or something, uh, bring a little shooting. You know, Nick Nick Nick, Nick given the look over. He likes he likes a little nod. Terrence Ross action. Yeah, uh, if you could get somebody Terrence like Terrence Ross, sounds like uh, what a, a rapper's like actual name would be. You know, not like his street name, but his actual name. Hey, Terrence Ross. T Money. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I would love it, but but I just don't. I I don't see much. I don't see much happening We're in terms stuck, of that. Um, you know, maybe you can pick somebody up. Uh, I don't know, man. I just don't know who who would be out there. I mean, maybe you can. Th- Here's what I see. When I look at like in terms of what the Nuggets are missing, right? Um, a point guard and a, and a really good small forward is is what they seem if, to be. If only yeah, if we had one, if we had two of those guys. Yeah, they, the, they, the they seem to be. They seem to be. They seem to be able to be benefit. They seem like they could benefit from a, a wing player, like like Nick just said, or uh, especially one that shoots, or, or a big. I think a big man. I think of like a backup center type guy. I don't think Jeff. So now that Jeff Green's in the starting role, uh, who do you really have on the bench? 
that can line Bull up Bull. with the centers. Yeah. Bull Bull, baby. Mm-hmm. Bull Bull doesn't line up with the centers. And then he's trade him. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> what? Hey, that's true. Yeah, what are you going to get for Bull Bull at this point, man? Um, hey, you know, I, I think I think they're kind of stuck with where they're at right now. I, I do think so. Um, but you know what? With with that said, Jared, you you talk about. I don't want to move past this year because I truly believe. I truly believe that this is still a playoff team. Absolutely. You still have Nikola Jokic. As long as he's there, you're going to make... I really do believe it would be a disaster if they somehow miss the playoffs. Uh, So I'm not even going to go there to next year. But if you wanted to look like, hey, does this team... Is this team able to win a championship when they're healthy? I still say yes, absolutely. When you get a Jamal Murray, and if you can get a Michael Porter back, like fingers crossed, right? Um, then you're looking at you can put somebody like a Monte Morris to the bench, right? You can put a, you 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 give yourself more bench players just by virtue of taking a Jeff Green back to the bench. You get a Monte Morris back to the bench. Malone's doing the best he's can the best he can with what he's got. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's a tough look. But you know what? I still think Nuggets fans out there, this is not a lost season. I think there's still a lot to look forward to. I think this could be a really good opportunity for Michael Malone to play some of these guys' minutes, like a Zeke Naji and a Bones Highland. Get them some experience. Get them some minutes. That's only going to help you moving forward. Who would have thought that I would be the uh, Broncos optimist and the Nuggets pessimist <laughs> on this show? Yeah. Never, never would have guessed I don't that. even know... What are you basing your brown? Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, we're not even going to go there. We're done with the Broncos. No, too much time. Too much time. (laughs) And I don't need to keep harping on the Nuggets. I, I, I I do agree actually with most of what you're saying. I think they are going to be a playoff team. But you're a team that's in a championship window. Making the playoffs means nothing. That's a given. You should just expect to make the playoffs. If you do nothing within the playoffs, that's disappointing. And yes, I get all the injuries. That's why I say accept your fate and move on. Now, sure, everyone comes back healthy this season. There's a chance the Nuggets could do it, but I actually think for the future of this team, and, and I said this last week, mm. I think for the mm-hmm. future of this team, the best thing is not to try to push it for now, this see, year. You're wrong. You are wrong, my friend. Wrong. I, in my opinion, I would love see on my like wish list goal for this Nuggets season. What I would hope for three things. Obviously, I want to maintain health, right? Nobody else gets injured. Yeah. No serious injury. We please God's about. If you're playing no the odds on that, I think um, you're you're pl- looking pretty good. I know. I know. <laughs> so I want to see that. Secondly, I want to see Jamal Murray come back. I want to see him come back. I think that is a huge step for this Nuggets team is to get Jamal Murray back this year. I think that is now. Now, granted, if he doesn't. Okay, like we'll move forward. He will come back next year, hopefully, and, and it'll all be good. But but I really want to see Jamal Murray come back because I think that tells you a lot about where he is physically. And you need to have him physically to win a championship. I will agree right? that I think it will give you a good positive if he comes back and plays this season and doesn't re-injure anything or doesn't have any issues. But the the the, the chances, the likelihood of him re-injuring it, I, I'm not going to give uh, any percentage. Okay, Dr. Jared over here. I, I'm just saying oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if he does end up doing anything i'm talking like the smallest minor tweak now how you feel about him going into next season is so different than how you feel about him if he never played at all and so i think i would rather take the risk of like well maybe him not coming back this year is because they're not confident in him man i think i'd rather him get as much time as he can to get healthy than to go oh yeah me seeing him now makes me feel all warm and fuzzy about next year hey man i think it's it's only a good thing when you get jamal murray back and it's going to take him a little bit of time right we've talked about this he's not going to come back and start for. he's not going to start throwing 30 points up a game uh it's going to take him some time to get back to feeling it and feeling confidence in his leg right i think getting back this year is going to go a long way for his confidence and his long-term outlook the third thing that i want to see from this year 
is I want to see some good news on Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. That's it. If you give me those three things, I'm going to be happy. Unlike, unlike um, and then And then I'll throw in a little fourth. I want to see some of these younger players actually get the opportunity to get some minutes because, as we know, Michael Malone is, you know, he tends to shy towards not playing rookies. You right? know, that sounds like a philosophy with a guy who's prepared to... Uh to uh, throw in the towel on the oh, season. Don't even, Jared. I, don't hey, even, don't, don't hey, even do that Let's get the young me. guys in there no, as much hate, as I can. Get some minutes. Uh, but you you mentioned Michael Porter Jr. Here's the thing. I'm less worried about the news. I mean, yes, you want to hear good news. Obviously, all along this process, you want to hear good news. But to me, I'm, I can all but guarantee you're going to hear good news at some point along the way because he's going to go have this back surgery. He's going to feel better. And then he's going to start playing basketball again. And that's where I want to see as we as he plays a summer of off-season workouts and things like that and comes into next season. And, and again, maybe it's this season. I don't see that happening. I, well, I think we're talking and next I know, season. Dr. Jared, you actually have some insight, whereas normally I just make fun of you and call you Dr. Jared. But right now, you actually have some insight into back injuries because you yourself have had some, yeah, some back problems. And, and it's, Tell it's, us more, Jared. Well, I, I think especially with what he's dealing with with nerve stuff. I mean, that's that's where... You knew what you were getting with MPJ sure. when you drafted him, no, no, when you paid You knew him. the risk. You knew. Now it happened. I mean, you weren't sitting here going, this is going to happen. You're hoping it never happened, but it, it did. I've got an 18, the dealer's showing six, they get a 21. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah it's a, well, blackjack reference. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> oh, excuse me. No, I think, I think, I think it's going to be an interesting year, man. And, and it's, it's tough for the Nuggets, but uh, I'm still with this team, man. They're, they're still a good basketball team. I, th- I think they'll figure it out. Like Nick said, they're well coached and they have enough talent. I don't see them falling out of the playoff. Getting picture. to the second they're, round. You know what? I just realized something. The Nuggets yep. are the yep. anti-Broncos. They're, they're literally polar opposites. They're a well-coached team with good leadership at the top uh, from the players, you know, with, with the Nicole Jokic and, and obviously when Jamal Murray's on the court as well. Um, versus the Broncos who and, and, oh, and with the Nuggets right now they have very little other talent around them you know I mean I don't say very little like, I, that's an extreme they don't have the caliber of talent they need to be successful yeah. around them the Broncos you look at terrible coaching terrible quarterback and, 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 and leadership from that side of it and a really good team around yeah. them if we could just mesh the good. two but now we're going back talking Broncos basketball now you, now you're doing that to me. why are you doing that to me <laughs> hey we have another team here in yes. my life city. And we definitely should good. talk about them because they're the only ones that are actually playing good. <laughs> <They're> the, <only laughs> <ones>. <laughs> the Avalanche bounced back again after a, a rough start to the season. They were hurt. They had a lot of COVID issues early in the season, but they're now currently 13-7-2, tied for second in the Central Division and just seven points back of first place in the Western Conference. So they're there. They're coming back. I think they're getting right back into the mix. And I want to kind of compare this to what we were just talking about with the Nuggets that we see this window for the Nuggets and we maybe are accepting that this year's probably not the Nuggets year. Is this a, a year where we look at the Avalanche and it's like, man, this is it. You guys got to if at not least now, then win. If not us, then who? Exactly. There you go. So you just took the words right out of my mouth. It's a, it's a make or break season. They have to win this year. You at least no, I'm gotta, not saying win a championship. You at least got to get to the Stanley Cup. You got to get to the Stanley Cup. I agree. Is that that's that's where we're drawing the line? Correct. It's funny. That's literally what you, I put. You in my got to, man. So. <laughs> you got to. This it's the exact same thing. This team is uh, you. You have to. The expectations of this team. I mean, the Avalanche were universally by absolutely everybody who followed the game the shoe in favorite. I mean, the by 
far favorites to win the Stanley Cup. I, I actually uh, uh, read a, an article in The Athletic where they do an analytics breakdown and they, before every season, and I forget, I should give credit to, I'll, I'll give the publication, but I can't remember the actual author, but it does a really nice analytical breakdown of every hockey team going into the season. And he had made the point, and it's all analytics, and the score that the Avalanche got was the highest that he had he had seen in his 10 years of doing this, right? And by a long shot, like not even remotely close. He's like, this is, it's actually kind of unreal how much better the Avalanche should be than everybody else. So when you have that kind of expectation, you absolutely have to make a Stanley Cup, okay? Uh, it, so yeah, the expe- it's there. And they're, they're starting to play great. And, and keep in mind, this is still with their injuries. And they're, they're still playing good hockey right now. So i uh, love to see it. It's good. It's good to see them kind of get back in the groove of things. Eric Johnson, by the way, I was I was gonna mention this. It was gonna be stat of the week, maybe, but oh, I know. secret stat of the see, week. See, I always I always get secret <laughs> sneaky, stats sneaky. in here. Uh, Eric Johnson, EJ, he's obviously been hurt in and out of the lineup throughout his tenure here with Colorado. Uh, but he just uh, in their most recent game, he just passed Alex Tangay on the franchise games played leaderboard, and now he is the eleventh all time in Avs history in terms of games played for the Avalanche. So it kind of just puts into perspective how long this man has actually been here. And it's crazy, too, because he's he's been injured a lot. He's missed he a lot of he time has. over the course of his career. And, you know, it, man, growing up, it seems like Alex Tangay was on this team my whole life. I thought he was there for like 20 years. I, I To hear that, that he is now, uh, Eric Johnson's now passed him, I mean, it, it does. It puts some things into perspective. He's been through a lot. He's one of the only guys on this team that has seen a lot of the ups and downs. Most of these guys have really only seen this climb up to success. He was there for all those he bad years. He was there. Yeah. So, you know, hey, shout out shout out to EJ, 11th all time on the list of abs game, games played. Um, and uh, it, it, I saw this too, which is interesting. Um the Avs have started... How many goalies would you guess have ever started a game for the Avalanche? All time? Uh-huh. 20. Who? Wow. Am I on? You are like... <laughs> I, never mind. I read, I read. I thought I was going to surprise you here. I, apparently, I didn't surprise well, you. Well, so. I just say that because the goalies don't start every game. You yeah, always so have your back. 36. Play. 36. Okay. And I actually... I just saw that number and I thought that was pretty crazy. Well, 36. Uh, I'd almost look at the number of seasons and, and you're going to have two goalies on average per season playing. You nah, know, nah. Do some but math. neither here nor there. Hey, as Nathan McKinnon said when they got ousted from the playoffs from the Golden Knights last year, we haven't done shit. I mean, that was his quote. We haven't done shit yet. You know what I mean? Like, like you could say all you want about, hey, we got to get at it. We got to look for next year. But he was frustrated, man, at the end of last year and said, look, it, at the end of the day, we haven't done anything yet. We need to put our money where our mouth is, right? We need to actually do something. I could see a situation if the Avs have an early playoff exit this year. I could see Jared Bednar being fired, and I think he's a good coach. We've talked about him being a good coach here, and I still don't think he survives this team getting an early exit. That was actually the next question I wanted to ask you guys, is if if you think, even in the situation they are, and, and Jared Bednar just became the winningest coach all time for the Avalanche, is he on the hot seat? Is he is his job a, truly on the line absolutely. if they don't at least go win a couple playoff series? Yeah, I mean, they've been playing really well. Kale McCarr, super good. Uh, playing lights out. Landis Gog, love him, hate him. He's been a force. I think it's one of those things, depending on how these games are played. Obviously, we expect the Avs to get pretty deep into the playoffs. So depending on how the, the 
playoffs go, you would at least expect them to at least take you know at least six, if not seven games. So my take is depending on how these games look, how they shake out, Avs really flamed out towards the end of the playoffs last year. So just kind of depending on how they come out and play. See, I think he's gone. I really do. I think he's gone if you he's definitely gone if you lose in the first round. Yeah. And I think he's probably gone if you lose in the I second think that round. yeah, I think you're talking Western Conference Finals. With the talent on this team, if you're not making it to the Western Conference Finals, the semifinals essentially, you know, I I, I think you and, and, and I'm not saying it's the right move, honestly. I don't think it is. I don't think the next coach you're bringing in here is gonna be, you know, decidedly better than Jared Bednar is for this team, but I just think they're going to make that move because they feel, from the front office standpoint, Joe Sackett should be te- teaching a class on how to build a roster because he has <laughs> schooled the entire NHL. He has built the best roster in the league, and I think if he sees this team go flame out again, he's going to make a move. You know, we've actually seen, and, and I'm going to make a comparison here, and I understand that it's not an exact comparison, but we've actually Race seen for it. We've, we've actually seen a somewhat similar situation here in Colorado sports uh, where a coach has had great success and regular season success. I'll say it before you do. And, and <laughs> was actually coach of the year the year he got fired. He won the coach of the year and then was fired. Who is year. John Fox? Nope. Dang. Nick will get this one. Oh. It is uh, George Carl. Ooh. George Carl was a pretty long tenured coach here in Colorado. He had amazing regular season success, right? That just never translated to playoff basketball. It never translated. He he won and out, won and out, won and out, won and done. I mean, that that was George Carl's career. He actually won coach of the year and was fired. I, I think mean, they think won 50 that. games that year, I think, too. I think so, yeah. No, right I think, around I think it was almost 60 I think it was, games. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think it was like 56 games was my guess. I don't know, maybe producer Nick can look it up. Nah, maybe not. Uh, not worth it. Hey, either, either way, let me just... I, I, we've seen it, okay? We have seen this, and I think you could you can make a fair comparison with Jared Bednar. Now, granted, the Nuggets weren't expected to win, but they were a number one seed. Yep. They were still a number one, and they lost... You're expected uh, to win a first series. I believe... Now, I could be wrong. Maybe one of our 50s. Twitter fact checker, checkers out there can hold me accountable if I'm wrong here, but I believe that year uh, was the year they got the number one seed, and they lost to the eight-seeded Golden State it Warriors. Is. I'm almost uh, positive well, it is. I, no, I think... Um, Nick here. Yeah, we, they had started the... They didn't start it, but they were certainly a victim of the Steph Curry breakout, but that year that you're talking about, they won 57 games. 57 games. Now, it, was, it wasn't that... Um, they were awesome. If you recall, they were unbelievable at home. So the record they were, yep. they were 38-3 at home and had a 23 home winning streak to finish the season. And that's why everyone was you so talk about effing a fit, pissed off. A fit for George smoked. Carl's offense was absolutely Denver. And the way that they play, yep. just the, the so fast, fast pace. So fast, up and down. so fitting for Denver. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I do think, to, to bring it back to the Avs, that you could definitely see a situation where Jerry Bednar, good coach, great regular season success. Uh, at the end of the day, man, you have these expectations. You can't get out where you want to be. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be out of a job. That, that's just the way it is. And there's something to be said, too. Um, you know, I mean, we'll have to, we're going to have to ask uh, Tyler a little bit when, when he comes back on here, when we can get our, uh, Tyler's our, our hockey expert on this show. Uh, I'd be curious to ask him because it seems like maybe there's something to be said about uh, Bednar's system having success in the regular season, but not being good for playoff basketball. Similar again to George Carl's hockey. system of, of being able to run up and down the court. Uh, yeah, I don't think Jared Bednar's you system would be hockey. very good in basketball. Oh, no, in hockey. We yes. knew what you meant. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yeah, you know, I got there. Yeah, you 
you're, you're there. I got there. Yeah, you weren't there. But yeah, well, there. I wasn't, but now I'm here. So, so would you I say the it. same for any of these star players? Now, obviously, when we say hot seat, it's a different scenario for these star players. But do you see any of the fans, the the fan base, that the the you know this organization starting to sour on any of these stars? A lot of guys got paid this year. A lot of guys got paid in the last couple of years. Any of these guys, the the you know the Landeskogs, the McKinnons, uh, Rantanens of the world, do you see the, the, the team turning on McKinnon him? McKinnon, for sure. Again, at the end of the day, pretty young. I, I, personally, as an optimist, I think this is the year he breaks out. Usually something comes up, but you would like it's to see... a tough start with injuries, but yeah. Fair. You would like to see him get healthy, come out the gate. You know, it's... It's time because there was a time when Matt Duchesne was all that is hot in Colorado and it, it was a matter of years where they were never successful not winning yep. and everyone the whole fan base turned on him. yep and I'm just curious if we're gonna see that I mean it seems like Avalanche fans as a whole are more patient than say Broncos fans uh, where the expectations sometimes don't meet reality uh, it seems like Avalanche fans aren't as bold in wanting to you know get rid of guys and make those moves. So I think that they, the players themselves probably have a little more leeway before you start to see this fan base question whether they're the team that can get it done. Uh, I think it's fair to ask. I, I think, Hey man, look, Nathan McKinnon is, is a stud. He's an absolute stud. He is billed as, as right up there with the best player in the world. Right. Uh, I think if you, you know, if it never manifests itself to where, you know, he hasn't won a heart trophy yet. And, and, you know, you would at one, at some point, right. You're, you're expecting that from Nathan. He is that good of a player. It's kind of funny, right? It's kind of funny when you're talking about like, oh, if he doesn't get a heart trophy, then it's a bust, right? You know, I'm not going to go that far and say it's a bust, but it, it just shows how good of a player you have to be to where if you're not winning the heart trophy, if you're not uh, taking your team to a Stanley cup run and that's considered a failure, I think that shows more about how good he really is. But yeah, you're right. At at some point, man, the, the, you know, there will be a breaking point. Uh, I don't think that's this year for, for McKinnon and company. I don't, I actually think from a fan's perspective, you're going to see it much more turn on Jared Bednar yeah. Uh, quicker. I, yeah, I think, and, and let's look at the, the worst case scenario. This team has an early exit this year in the playoffs. I think Bednar's out. I do. I think they make a move. I think they do something bold and make a move. Then I think whatever coaching staff comes in, you got about a two to three year window where it won't only be the coaching staff, but it'll be the whole, the, the, all the stars, the core as well, where the, the, the fans and, and the, the upper management for the team are going to start to have to realize. And, and hey, this is worst case scenario. I think we're hopefully talking over that three to four year span, at least a Stanley Cup. At least a Stanley Cup. That's that's a best case scenario. I think in my mind to expect more than that is is I think a little extreme. But I do think in the next three years you should be expecting a Stanley Cup as a Colorado Avalanche fan. Agreed, agreed. And hey, they're looking good right now. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, Colorado. it's kind of fun to be able to actually talk about a team that is performing a little yeah, bit. Maybe uh, we do it more often. Yeah, I know. We will. <laughs> we will. We will. And and frankly, I think everyone out there. Us included, we all need to turn tune into more Avs games because, frankly, right now they're the most entertaining games to watch. It's exciting stuff. They're they're scoring like crazy. It's fun. They're the only team really doing that. So, uh, for Tyler, uh, God, I always do that. We miss him. We miss him. Tyler's out at Disney. Hope he's having fun. So, Nick, Connor, I'm Jared. Red Rock Sports. Thanks for tuning in.